Good morning, Lincoln Baptist Church. Um, it's really good to be with you virtually um, this morning. I was really hoping that um, it wouldn't be virtual. I was hoping that I'd be able to actually get down um, there and to, to meet you. Um, your Pastor Ross has uh, spoken much about you, and I thought this would be um, the, uh, the opportunity to actually come and uh, meet you. But um, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps, right? Um, and so I'll um, have to wait for another time to actually meet you, but um, thank you, thank you for the uh, opportunity um, to, to just be with you at least uh, in this way this morning. I hope our time will be really profitable for uh, all of us. Um, there is no lockdown on the Bible. There's no lockdown on the Spirit. There's no lockdown um, for the church in the sense of uh, God continuing to do His work. Um, and so it's exciting just to be able to open God's Word anytime, um, but to be able to do that together um, is uh, really exciting. So um, good to be with you. Um, I think you're working your way through Mark's Gospel, as far as I um, understand. And uh, this morning, we're going to pick it up, pick the narrative up in chapter 10. So we're in Mark chapter 10, um, verse 46. So if you have a, um, a Bible, a good old-fashioned book, Bible is uh, always good because it doesn't bleep at you and buzz at you when you're, <laughs> when you're trying to um, listen to a sermon. Um, but however you're going to do it this morning, Mark chapter 10 is uh, where we are. Okay, and so you've been, I assume, working your way through Mark's gospel, um, one, of the, one of the three um, synoptic gospels, one of the three gospels that um, have very similar ways, in a sense, of telling the, the story of Jesus' life. Um, Mark is the shortest, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crisp and it's clear, and uh, it's exciting, the way that Mark tells um, his story. Um, by the time you get to chapter 10, maybe you've looked at this already, but by the time you get to chapter 10, Jesus is now... Um, on, uh, you could say he's on the home stretch. He's, he's, he's entered the home stretch. It's closing in on, the, on the, 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 the last lap of his final journey now to Jerusalem. And we know that Jesus knows, the gospel writers tell us, because Jesus tells them, um, we know that Jesus um, knows exactly why he's going to Jerusalem. Um, he's, he's set his sights on Jerusalem. He's resolutely, Luke tells us, Luke 9, resolutely sets himself um, to go to um, Jerusalem. Um, maybe he's hearkening back in some sense to what John the Baptist said and what he heard from John the Baptist when John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus knows that he's the lamb. And so he knows what he's in for. The, the, the rest of the crowd, so it seems, um, don't really understand um, the real purpose for Jesus moving toward Jerusalem. But Jesus does. And they will. They will. By the time you get to the end of the story, and certainly by the time you get to the beginning of the book of Acts, you begin to realize that the penny drops and even those who had had other ideas for Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry begin to understand now um, exactly uh, what's happening and why Jesus is on his way um, to Jerusalem. 
Um, and now he's close. By the time you get here, Mark 10, Jesus is close. He's, he's just about 19 miles now northeast of Jerusalem. Uh, Mark picks it up in verse 46. Um, and, and there's quite a crowd following Jesus at this point, and that just continues to build. Um, this is uh, quite a ways on now in Jesus' ministry, and um, all that he's done and all that he has said has been staggering people, and um, they become aware more and more of uh, just the, the, the incredible man that, that Jesus is. I'm not quite sure how many really understand exactly who he is yet, um, but that will come. But there's, there's a big crowd. There's a, there's, there's, there's a huge crowd following Jesus at this point. And uh, we'll pick it up in verse 46. Big crowd following Jesus. And we're told that they Jericho. Um, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, Mark says, uh, a blind man, Bartimaeus is his um, name. That just means son of Timaeus. Um, he's sitting, Mark tells us, um, by the roadside begging. Um, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But many rebuked him, we're told, and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped. And he said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. That's... <laughs> Cheer up, blind man begging, no food, destitute. Cheer up. I, I don't know what they meant by that, but um, maybe just the fact that Jesus actually took note of the guy was enough to cheer up. I guess that's enough to cheer any of us up, to know that Jesus has taken note of us in our lives. But uh, anyway, cheer up, they said. Cheer up, on your feet. He was blind, he wasn't lame, so he could walk. But um, cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. Don't want to miss this opportunity. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Listen, what a great story. I mean, it's just a snapshot, isn't it? It's just a snapshot. Um, a snapshot for us. Um, transformational for, for Bartimaeus. Um, and and uh, we don't have time to to speculate too much on, on what this does and, 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 and where he goes. As a, we know that it, the, the, to, to, in the initial stages here, he he's immediately follows Jesus, um, but transformational for, for Bartimaeus. Um, and I just want to pull, just in the time that we have this morning, I just want to pull two 
Incredible little things, big things, um, profound things, really, I think. Just two things, though, um, out of the story about this amazing blind man, Bar Timaeus. Okay, the first one is this, that Bar Timaeus seemingly knows exactly who Jesus is. Bartimaeus seemingly knows exactly who Jesus is. And let me show you why I say that. Have you ever heard the phrase, seeing is believing? We, 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 we've all heard that. I'm sure it's one of the most coined phrases of our, of our day. Um, and, and basically, when somebody says seeing is believing, basically what they, they're getting at, I think, um, when they say that is that what I can't see with my eyes, um, I'm certainly not going to trust with my heart, right? Seeing is believing. You try to convince someone of something that, that is perhaps faith-based, and the response you get is, that's not for me. Um, I'm a seeing is believing kind of a, uh, a guy. And, and I think what they're getting at is that what I can't see with my eyes, I'm certainly not going to trust with my um, heart. And, 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 I, and, I, and I guess that's fine in a sense unless you're blind. Seeing is believing, right? It's fine in a sense unless you're blind. Um, seeing is believing that doesn't, doesn't leave you with too many options when you're blind, does it? Um, and, 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 and I wonder if that isn't part of the ironic device that Mark uses here as he tells this story. Um, because it seems as though one of the massive points that Mark wants to try to get across to us here is that the most significant thing want, that God wants us to do in life doesn't really have to do with us being able to see anything. Now, hang on for a minute. doesn't mean it would be blind or ignorant or whatever of the great things that God has, the great evidence that God has given around us. But when, it, when push comes to shove at the cutting edge of the wedge, one of the greatest things that God wants us to do in life doesn't really have to do essentially with seeing anything, but rather being able to trust something. Okay, let me just leave that with you for a minute and build on that just a little bit. Okay, I, I, I think you get what I'm uh, saying. Isn't it staggering to see how the Bible describes the life of somebody who is right with God um, or reconciled to God? How does the Apostle Paul um, say these kind of people live or walk? How does somebody who, who is right with God or reconciled to God, how does Paul say that we walk? He says um, that we walk by faith and not by sight, doesn't he? That's interesting. That's interesting. Or 2 Corinthians 4, 18, Paul says that we look, now think about this, this just sounds crazy. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen, because the things that are seen are temporal, things that are unseen are eternal. It sounds ridiculous to say that we look not at the things that are seen. I thought the whole idea of looking was to see. So something far deeper God wants us to see in life, isn't there? There's something far deeper God wants us to understand. And I wonder if I'm suggesting to you that part of the point that Mark wants to make here in using Bar Bartimaeus as an example is this very thing. Romans 8.24, Paul talks about hope that is seen is no hope at all. A Peter in 1 Peter 1.8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but 
believe in him, you rejoice with a joy inexpressible and um, attaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Listen, it's staggering. It's staggering what the Bible says about seeing and believing. Staggering. Because we base so much on simply what we feel we can prove or feel we can see. or And it doesn't mean that God has left us without evidence. By golly, we've got a world, a universe full of the glory of God and the beauty of God. And it dwells, we just look at, at, at human beings and um, you can just see the beauty and the intricacy of who God um, is. Um, but I'd like to suggest to you here that, that there's something going on here in this story. Mark says, here's this man sitting by the road begging when all of a sudden he hears this huge crowd approaching the city. And obviously somebody tells him that it's Jesus, verse 47. And, and, and the guy might be blind, but he's not deaf, is he? He's not deaf, and he is certainly not daft. <laughs> okay? He's certainly not daft. Because when he asks what's going on, watch this now. When he asks what's going on, and the crowd tells him that it's Jesus of Nazareth passing by, look at what he cries out. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, what, what's, what's so significant about that? Think about it. Think about it. What's so significant about that? Um, the crowd didn't say that it was Jesus, son of David, did it? According to Mark, what they said was Jesus the Nazarene. Okay, now what? You got to pay, you know, you, you pulling through these stories and raking through these stories, every little bit counts. Every little bit counts. Okay? They say he heard that it was Jesus of Nazarene. His response is Jesus, son of David. Um, why does this guy change the title? Why does this guy change the title? And I'll tell you what I think. I think it's because this blind beggar is actually able to see something that the seeing, educated, so-called intelligent and trained religious leaders of Israel are completely blind to. Follow that track through all of the Gospels and you'll see that that's true. Okay? The, the title Jesus of Nazareth, okay, this is Jesus of Nazareth, this is Jesus of Nazareth. The title Jesus of Nazareth was one thing. Jesus of Nazareth identifies Jesus in his, according to his human origins, doesn't it? He was, from, he was a Nazarene, he was from Nazareth. Um, it points to his roots, maybe even points to his reputation in some way. Oh, this is the guy, Jesus, from Nazareth that we've been hearing so much about. But Jesus, son of David, the term that Bartimaeus uses, um, that's a completely different story, isn't it? It's a completely different story. Because this was a messianic confession. To say Jesus, son of David, David was a messianic confession with huge significance. Huge significance. Because this is the designation that marks this man out as the anointed servant savior of God. That is what the term son of David means. It's the, it's the, it's the, the storyline of the Bible right from the very beginning. It's the storyline of the Bible and marks him out as the servant savior of God. You remember that, that God had promised King David in 2 Samuel chapter 7 when David wanted to build God a house 
Remember, they had been worshiping God through the wilderness in the tabernacle for all those years. Um, and David wanted to build God um, a more permanent dwelling place. He wants to build God um, a house. And God's response to David was, um, thanks, David, but, but never mind that. Never mind that. Um, I don't need a house. <laughs> um, but what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to build you a dynasty. I'm going to build you a dynasty. And, and this is the promise that goes right back to Abraham when God chooses this pagan worshiping, this idol worshiping pagan from, 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 from Ur of the Chaldees, ancient Babylon, um, and, and chooses the, 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 this most unlikely of characters and makes a promise to him that through his family, which is basically the rest of the story of the Old Testament, through his family, God was going to bring blessing, salvation blessing to the world. And that line traces right the way down from David and then traces right the way down from David on to Jesus. And so that's the title. That's the title. This, this guy, Bartimaeus, he gets something. He understands something that seemingly all of the, all of the intelligentsia of the time um, were completely incapable of getting their um, heads around. Um, but God promises David he's going to build him a dynasty, and he promises David that the Messiah is going to come from his line and was going to sit on his throne. And from that moment, son of David became a prophetic title for the Messiah. And listen, that's the title Bartimaeus employs when he cries out um, to Jesus. He gets it. He understands who this man is. Something of an echo, perhaps, of Peter, Mark, uh, Matthew 16, and Jesus is honing in again on Jerusalem and turns to his disciples, and by now, a few pennies ought to be dropping, and he turns to his disciples, and who do men say that I am? And it could be, it's, it could be, 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 be John the Baptist, it could be one of the prophets, it, it, you know, so everybody had their opinion on who they think Jesus is, and then Jesus kind of cuts to the chase, doesn't he? Who do you say that I am? It's Peter who responds. You know who you are. You're the Christ. Same thing. It's just as good as saying you're, the, you're, you're, you're Jesus, son of David. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. Um, the, son of the, most, um, the son of the most high, the son of, of God. Peter gets it. Bartimaeus gets it. Not many people got it, but uh, he did. Um, and it's not that the religious leaders didn't believe Messiah would be the son of David. It's just that they didn't believe that Jesus was him, Right? Didn't believe that Jesus was him, but Bartimaeus did. And I'm suggesting to you that this, this, um, this is just, it, it's just revolutionary. It's certainly transformational. Um, because if we don't understand who Jesus is, there's no way that we're ever going to know that he's come to save us. Is that not fair? Jesus says in John 8, 24, he says, Unless you believe that I am, he claims he claims the, the, the divine personhood for himself. Unless you believe that I am, you're going to die in your sins. Folks, you need to understand who Jesus is. The world needs to understand who Jesus is. They may reject him. But you can't get past the starting line, out of the starting blocks, unless you understand who Jesus is. And Bar Timaeus did. And listen, in an instant, he changes this man, Bartimaeus. Think about it. In an instant, 
he changes from being this anonymous, blind beggar rejected by society and shunned by his peers to being cataloged forever in the annals of biblical history. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? This man understands who Jesus is. So Bartimaeus knew exactly who Jesus was. But then the second incredible thing here about this amazing blind man is that it seems as though he also knew exactly what Jesus could do. He knew who Jesus was, but he also seems to know exactly what Jesus could do. And these are two seriously significant things, are they not? These are two seriously significant things for any human being to know, aren't they? Who Jesus is and what Jesus can do. Is that not fair? Two of the most, two of the most essential things for any human being to understand. Um, probably the biggest question any of us are ever going to answer is, what are we going to do with Jesus? What are we going to do with Jesus? Um, and Bartimaeus nailed it. He nailed it. Um, so in, 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 in addition to knowing who Jesus was, Bartimaeus had no doubt, so it seems, about what Jesus could do, didn't he? Um, because what Mark tells us here, as, as, uh, as he cries out, um, as soon as he, he knows that, that Jesus is passing by, he cries out and he says, Jesus, son of David, what? What does he say? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Do you see that? You see that? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I wonder what he means when he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's a bit of a loaded statement, isn't it? Have mercy on me. I wonder what he means, what specifically he means. I think the story kind of begins to, to open that up for us a bit. But, um, I mean, that's a massive thing. Mercy is a massive thing, particularly when you're talking about the Messiah, isn't it? It's a massive thing. But for sure, for sure, Bartimaeus at least knows that Jesus can heal him. Is that not fair? He at least knows that this man has the power to heal him, to give him back his sight. Because when Jesus calls him forward and asks him, what do you want me to do for you? What does Bartimaeus say? He says, Rabbi, I want to see. Doesn't he? Which, of course, is what every blind person wants, isn't it? Except every blind person isn't being asked the question by the Son of God, are they? Um, but Bartimaeus is. Bartimaeus is. So obviously, because Bartimaeus knows exactly who Jesus is, he seems to have absolutely no doubt whatsoever. And listen, this is hugely challenging. This is hugely challenging. He seems to have no doubt whatsoever that Jesus can give him his sight back. Because he knows who Jesus is, he seems to have no problem whatsoever believing Jesus for what he can do. This is massive. Because loads of us we, 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 we speak words with our mouths. We say that we believe who Jesus is. We worship him as the, the son of God and the divine savior and um, God's, um, God, God's presence in, in, in a human body. We, 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 we worship Jesus um, in, in his 
divine nature and, and divine person. And then we just seem to struggle in life. When, when things come our way, we seem to struggle just believing that he can actually do what, what, what God can do. Okay, but Bartimaeus gets this. He gets this. Um, he has absolutely no doubt whatsoever that Jesus can give him his sight back. Of course he can. Come on. Son of David, this is the Messiah. Of course he can. And his reputation precedes him. I know that. Jesus' reputation precedes him, but it's all part of the package. However, I've also got a sneaky suspicion here that that is not all that old blind Bartimaeus knows Jesus can do. Do you know what I mean? I got a sneaky suspicion. He obviously understands <coughs> Jesus can give him his sight back. Because when Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do? That's what he says, I want you to do. He believes that Jesus can do this. But you've got a sneaky suspicion that's not all that blind Bartimaeus knows Jesus can do. And there's two reasons that I, I say this, and I'll finish with, with these. There's two reasons that I say this. The first reason is because of what Bartimaeus says. And the second reason is because of what Jesus says. Okay, so we'll just look at these two things and we'll finish. Okay, firstly, do you notice what Bartimaeus says. Why do I say that um, Bartimaeus may actually be looking a little bit more beyond just simply being healed of his blindness? Okay, firstly, what does Bartimaeus say? What does he cry out once he knows that Jesus is passing by? We looked at this already, but he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, right? Have mercy on me. You've got that, right? Have mercy on me. And, and again, again you, 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 you click on the, the mercy hyperlink in the Bible, and it goes all over the place, doesn't it? The mercy, if you click on mercy, the mercy, if you cross-reference mercy, it goes absolutely all over the place. Um, it's kind of the flip side of the grace coin, where grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, his, his unmerited favor and riches in Christ, where, God, where, where grace is giving us the, what we don't deserve. Mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. And so you have this, this incredible, um, this incredible um, coin of blessing from God with mercy on one side and, and grace on the, the, um, the other. But this is such a huge concept in, in, in Scripture because of who God is and, and what he offers us in Christ. He, he offers us um, to not have to experience what we really deserve, this mercy. Um, in his mercy, he, he, you know, when you say to somebody, have mercy on me, you're asking them not to give you what you, you're expecting or what you should expect or, or what you know you really um, deserve. Um, but at a minimum, it, it certainly seems as though Bartimaeus must have some idea that he has absolutely no claim on Jesus' healing power. Let's say that simply now he's, he may be thinking about his blindness, but he has no claim on this. He has, he has no claim that Jesus should um, um, heal him or has to heal him. He's done nothing to deserve God's attention, um, nor is Jesus under any obligation to give him his sight back, is he? Um, because mercy is not the duty of God, is it? Nor is grace. It is not the duty of God. Mercy and grace are the delight of God. <laughs> Aren't they? Mercy and grace are the delight of God. It's the love of God. It's the compassion of God. It's the gift of God, isn't it? And, and you don't claim that. You don't demand that. You, you don't manipulate that. You don't earn that. However, you can gratefully accept 
that, isn't it? Um, Because that's the way mercy works. That's the way mercy works. God said to Moses in Exodus 33, 19, he said, said, I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. Listen, um, that's the deal. That's the deal. And I think Bartimaeus knew that. Um, And we already know that Bartimaeus knows who Jesus is. He's the son of David. He's the Messiah. Um, Listen, the Savior, isn't he? He knows that. He's the Savior. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And and maybe, just maybe, because, because Bartimaeus knows that much about Jesus, maybe, just maybe, Bartimaeus has also heard the stories that would have originated with Joseph and Mary that um, when the angels came to tell them about the, the imminent arrival of their son, um, they were to call his name what? Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's what it means. And maybe, just maybe, Bar- Bartimaeus knows that as well. It's a bit of speculation here, but I think that may be fair. So I'm suggesting that Bartimaeus not only knows that Jesus can heal his body, but I'm also suggesting that because he asks for mercy, that may also indicate something more than that, that Bartimaeus actually does believe that Jesus can heal his soul, can heal his soul. Because the final thing I want to point out to you here is not what Bartimaeus says to Jesus, but what Jesus says to Bartimaeus. And I think this is the clincher, really. It's the clincher. Um, Do you see it? This is outrageous. This is outrageous. When Bartimaeus says to Jesus, Lord, I want to see. Do you see that? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. Um, what does Jesus say in response? He doesn't say, okay, you've got it, here's your sight. You notice that? doesn't say, okay, you've got it, you believe me for physical healing, I'm going to give it to you. Jesus' response isn't, okay, uh, you, you've got it, um, here's your sight, off you go. What Jesus says is, look at it carefully, he says, receive your sight, your faith has made you well. Now, isn't that interesting? Now, isn't that interesting? Your faith has made you well. And if you've been working your way right the way through the Gospel of Mark, which I imagine that you have, you'll have seen this phrase before in chapter 5 with the woman with the bleeding issue. Um, And interestingly, the, the, the AV gives the literal translation here of this because it literally says your faith has saved you. Um, it could mean made you well, but it's also um, the word for salvation, sozo. It's, the, it's the, 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 the word that's used most frequently in the Bible for salvation. Your faith has saved you. And I think that opens the way then to understand a whole lot more than just this guy's physically heal, physical healing, don't you? Um, because ultimately what Jesus came to do was to heal us of our catastrophic spiritual disease of our broken relationship with the Father through our sin, hasn't he? Ultimately, that's what Jesus has come to do. And Paul says in Ephesians 1, 18, he, he, he prays, Paul prays, listen, he prays that the eyes of our hearts might be enlightened. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. That the, you know, you, the eyes of our hearts. Don't, don't try to picture eyes in your, you know, in your, heart. He's, he's, he's obviously speaking profoundly but metaphorically here. There's, there's something that our hearts can see. There's something that our hearts can see. There's something that our hearts can know. 
even when our eyes can't. Right back to where we started all of this, isn't it? Right back to where we started all of this. Look at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Paul plays that the eyes of our hearts might be enlightened. And let me tell you something. The eyes of our hearts are infinitely more important to God, I believe, than the eyes of our heads. Don't you think? The eyes of our hearts are infinitely more important to God than the eyes of our heads. Because even though the eyes of Bartimaeus' head weren't working well, were they? There is certainly something going on in this guy's heart. There is certainly something going on in this guy's heart. Go your way. Your faith, your faith has made you well. Something is going on in this. The, the eyes of this guy's heart, the eyes of his head aren't working. But you know what? That doesn't really matter. It matters to his predicament in life. What ultimately, ultimately doesn't really matter. What matters is what's going on in the eyes of his heart. What's going on in the eyes of his heart. Even though the eyes of Bartimaeus' head are opened here, they're only open long enough to be closed again in death, aren't they? But when the eyes of his heart were opened, when the eyes of his heart were opened, listen, they were open forever, weren't they? They were open forever. And I, I can't see you this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking here from, from Edinburgh. But, so I can't see, I, I, you know, I, I'd imagine for most of you, you can see this morning, there may be one or two who can't. But for most of us, the eyes of our heads are, are working just fine. The eyes of our heads are working just fine. I want to I ask you this morning, though, what about the eyes of your heart? Where are the eyes of your heart this morning? Where are the eyes of your heart this morning? What is going on in your heart? What is going on? What do you see with your heart? Never mind with your head. What are you seeing this morning as you look at this passage of Scripture and you gaze upon the greatness of who Jesus is and what Jesus does? What are you seeing? And on the back of that, what are you doing? What is your response to that? What is my response to that? The, 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 the eyes of his heart are opened. And not only did, 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 did Bartimaeus' believing result in him seeing physically, verse 52, he immediately received his sight, but it also meant him seeing spiritually, didn't it? He followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. When people ask you, what does it mean to be a Christian? I, what, what, no, what do you respond? What is it? Somebody asks you, you, you know, do you have any faith? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? How do you answer that question? I'm a Christian. How do you, how do you answer that question? Well, one of the ways that I often answer that is that I'm, I am a follower of Jesus. I have put my faith and trust in him. I know who he is. I know what he's done. And I am, I am leaning wholeheartedly the weight of, of my, eternal, my eternal destiny on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. These two things. Who is he? What has he done? You've got to get that. You've got Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. And he follows Jesus, praising God, we're told in Luke 18, praising God along with everybody else. Okay, so what about us? What about us then? Um, seeing is believing or believing is seeing? For Bartimaeus, believing was seeing. Believing was seeing. And not just physically, not just physically. I would suggest to you spiritually, eternally, 
as well. Seeing is believing. What about you this morning? Seeing is believing or believing is seeing? Um, I don't know where you guys are, are at on this. I, I settled this one 40 years ago in my life when I gave the keys of my kingdom over to the God of the universe and, and cried out to Jesus, um, Son of David, have mercy on me. That was a 40-year-ago event in my life. Um, a guy who had two eyes but was wretchedly blind to my own sin. Had two eyes but was wretchedly blind to my own sin and my own need and God's great love. But I settled that 40 years ago in my life. What about you this morning? Seeing is believing? You're going to have to, you're going to go down that route in life? Only what I can see? Or, or are you going to walk by faith and not by sight? What's it going to be for you um, today? Have you come across God's amazing grace yet? Have you come across God's amazing grace that saved a wretch like me? I once was blind. I once was lost. <laughs> but now I'm blind. But now I'm found. I was blind. But now I see. I hope you do too. I hope you do too. Not just with the eyes of your head this morning. I hope you do too with the eyes of your heart. If you don't, if you don't, or haven't yet, then let me just tell you, you just need to cry out exactly the way Bartimaeus did here. Jesus, son of David, the promised one, promised right the way through the Bible, the storyline of the Bible. God is going to send through Abraham, David's line, someone who's going to bring blessing to the nations, healing, salvation, blessing to the nations. Jesus, son of David, that Jesus, the son of God, God's promised deliverer, anointed one, have mercy on me. And you know what? You cry that out to God, He will. He will. Have mercy on me. You cry that out in the sincerity of your own heart, and God will have mercy on you. Uh, well, great to be with you this morning. I, 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 I hope that it's been a good study for us. Uh, you can take that and dig in a little bit deeper, but uh, thank you for allowing me to be with you. Let me just pray um, and turn it over to you. Father, thank you for your precious, precious, precious word to us. Thank you for including this story probably only scratched the surface this morning, but what an incredible, um, what an incredible example this um, once anonymous, rejected, um, sad, poor, blind man, um, what an incredible example he is to us of uh, true believing, trusting faith in Jesus a man in need who turned to Jesus for what only Jesus could do in his life and in his heart. And I pray for all of us, Lord, today that that would be true for us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.